0: Welcome, one and all, to Extra Points with Bill Haston. I'm Garen Emick from the Tulsa World. Thank you so much for dialing us up. A reminder you can catch our podcast, our video weekly, along with others from the Tulsa World Sports Department by downloading for free our material courtesy of Google, Apple, and Spotify. It's a beautiful thing. Not as beautiful, Bill, of course, as the real start of college football season. We've got a lot of high school ground to cover. We're going to get to that later in the show, but since the Sooners – and Cowboys and uh, Hurricane are all on the field this weekend. Let's start there. And, and how, how great is this? There's a big story that drops on the national front today about Brett Yormark and the Big 12 conference entering in early TV negotiations with ESPN and Fox. And although that's very interesting and that's really important because we follow this, this story, um, how, how cool is it that we could also put it on the shelf <laughs> because – we got football games that that take, at least this week, take a little bit of precedence. We don't have to make this the end-all be-all of of college football. The talking silly season is over and the games are about to start. That's that's the message here.
1: Well, uh my first three thoughts were it's uh good for the Big 12 to have a commissioner who has the kind of relationships who can get these talks sparked up, right? right. And what's he been in, in the, that position six weeks two months whatever it is and, and um, uh, but it also seems to me to be the first domino that to fall with regard to getting OU in Texas moved to the SEC earlier right. than we see on paper right now and uh, you know I'm just just so curious what what the money's going to look like yeah we're at post OU Texas big 12. Uh, with regard to the distribution of of television revenue and, you know, what's it going to look like? What's it going to look like uh, for everybody? I mean, I think for the Big Ten and the SEC, uh, the sky's the limit, but for the others, um, will there be an increase? Will they kind of stand pat or or is it going to be kind of a sobering new reality here coming up soon?
0: Uh, A lot of to be expected. We'll we'll get the story out of the way so we can move on to the games. Uh, A lot of to be expected with this story. You always knew that, yes, Jormark was going to go to the table since uh, the Pac-12 did the same recently. to get an early indication of their market value. It behooves ESPN and Fox and any other broadcast entity to uh, not just uh, take the temperature of the Pac-12, but the Big 12 as well. This helps both sides uh it it does we always figured that OU in Texas would preferably get out before the end of the grant of rights in 2025 it was just a matter of what year that would that would look like this is now I, I guess a new marker in the road with regard to that um and then you're right the the, the real story of course is going to be just what what does what do what do the tv partners and the commissioners and the athletic directors and presidents discover the value to be uh, remember bob Bowlesby's uh, sort of infamous comment out of the gate after ou and texas announced they were moving 50 it was a 50% kneecap with regard to the value that's been adjusted i think since by first by Bowlesby and now by your market this isn't arm this isn't just doomsday but yeah you're right it's it's not going to be the the value isn't going to be the same and the value of a big 12 without oklahoma and texas isn't going to be what the value of an sec is with oklahoma and texas or a big 10 with usc and ucla We'll just what we'll just have to wait for the, maybe years for the finances to, to trickle out is all No that's right
1: no, no. no it, it's, it, but that part of the piece that piece of it though seems inevitable mm-hmm. uh, that the, the current big 12 members and the incoming big 12 members aren't going to get the same yep uh, the revenue is going to drop it just is I mean you cannot lose an OU Texas after a decade after you've lost Nebraska and AM and expect to sustain that same shine with regard
0: to revenue. It's not going to happen. Order of appearance. Cowboys host Central Michigan Thursday night, uh, 6 o'clock, Boone Pickens Stadium. No chance this comes down to a Hail Mary, right, or or a last play. Surely the Pokes, they'll they'll play better. They have to play better than they did uh, six years ago. And, and Bill, I thought it was interesting when when Mike Gundy was asked to reflect back on, on that experience, as miserable as it was, last week at his press conference. The first thing he said was, we didn't play well. You, you kind of had to, to get to that through the haze of, of the mess at the end of the game six, in 2016, but he's right. Oklahoma State was flat. They were uninspired. They were uneven, especially after taking a 14-0 lead. Surely they don't have anything to worry about in that regard. Right. Tomorrow night.
1: I'm uh, I'm trying to look up really super quick uh, what the stats were. One year before that game, Garen, I went to Mount Pleasant, Michigan, okay, for the opener, OSU's opener. And it was, it was you know, the, the beginning, the true beginning of the Mason Rudolph era. You know, he goes into that season as the starter. Yep. Uh, having, you know, they pulled him out of red redshirt 10 games into the 2014 season because of injuries at quarterback. And he – He and the uh, Cowboys lose at Waco. He played well uh, in the rain, but they lose at Waco. And then the infamous uh, Tyreek Hill uh, punt return game in Bedlam. And then they beat Washington impressively in the ballgame. So they open at Central Michigan. Heavy favorite. uh, And just played like garbage couldn't and that was the first real see the year before the, the the biggest uh reason for osu struggles were they just couldn't block anybody their offensive mm-hmm. line was awful right and so they go into 15 they got a new o-line coach oh we got it all fixed everything's great up front and they could not block central michigan so you know they are with regard to really playing well, they're over 2 against uh, Central Michigan. Hmm. I mean, and one and one in the bottom line, regard, regard to the bottom line. But but they haven't played well against Central Michigan yet. And so here's the uh, rubber match in the trilogy. And And uh, you would think with a season quarterback and, and with all the momentum the program has. Uh, but, but I mean, Central Michigan's a nice program. Yeah. Well, they won eight games last year. I mean, I mean they've got... Nine a- and four. Yeah. Oh, nine, there you go. No, they've, they've got a fine program. And, you know, um, but OSU has a history in September games, early September games. Who saw it saw last year? Yes. Missouri, State? Missouri State, yes. Where they just don't, you know, they just don't get off the line of scrimmage in a good way and they don't move people and, and they struggle with that part of their offense. So... Um, we'll see. I mean, you know, they have not been in Stillwater on the offensive line, Garen, what they were during the Wickline years for like nine years now. I mean, they won 12 games last year. And and I'm not saying the offensive line was like substandard, but it wasn't as good as what they had in 2006 through 2012. Yeah. They They had some of those years, they had the best offensive line in the Big 12. When Nebraska and AM were in the Big 12, uh, so just tomorrow night is just a great, I mean, it's just great to have football back, but, um, you know, it'll be a really interesting indicator to see if, if OSU with Charlie Dickey going into his fourth year, I believe, holy moly, all of a sudden, yeah, and, and if they've really turned the corner, uh, with their personnel up front they had a couple of poor recruiting classes years ago and it really set them back for a long time up front with numbers and I think their numbers are good they think their people are good so we'll see if they are then they're going to move Central Michigan off the ball really well and they're going to run the ball well and Mm -hmm. get a glimpse of you know what's to come later.
0: I'm excited as as Bill as as much as there's anything to see the defense under Derek Mason, and this is a sneaky good test for the for the defense in Game One. And the fact that the Chippewas have a quarterback coming back as through for 24 touchdowns a year ago, they had the FBS rushing leader a year ago. I had no idea. Yeah, no well, I idea. Didn't, I didn't either until I heard uh, the chatter about it this week. 18, 1800 yards for this kid, Lou Nichols, I think is his name. And so here's a, here's a defense without Jim Knowles, without uh, more than half of the starters from a year ago, obviously without Rodriguez and Harper at linebacker. And so I'll, I'll be really curious about that. Um, and likewise, as we shift to Norman for Saturday's opener with, with Oklahoma and UTEP, I know the attention's going to be on how does Dylan Gabriel look in Jeff Levy's offense out of the gate, but I, I'm, again, more dialed into how does Brent Venable's defense look in the aftermath of Alex Grinch, in the aftermath of Mike Stoops, dating back all the way to when Brent was here as the defensive coordinator, is that is that fair, or are you are you more about Gabriel on the offense? No, side?
1: I'm 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 more uh, intrigued by what I'll see on on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, your head coach now has a defensive identity and comes in breathing fire and preaching about you know toughness and and so let's see let's see some of that. But I mean, a year ago today. They go into the, uh, well, not literally a year ago today, but a year ago, they go into the Tulane game and you've got Spencer Rattler as the overwhelming uh, Heisman front runner and Caleb Williams, who, you know, was the most celebrated quarterback recruit in the country behind him. And they tried to lose to Tulane out of the gate. So has OU taken such a dramatic step forward
0: that, uh, you know, I guess UTEP was decent last week, right? So... Uh, um, they at times, I mean, the Invitables tried to sell that pretty hard at the press conference this week. I think part of it's his relationship with Dana Dimmel, his old K State running buddy, uh, who's the head coach of the Miners. But, um, they, uh, no, they've UTEP expected better, let's put it that way, and the, their home opener against North uh, Texas. Maybe,
1: maybe my perception was because I watched highlights, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You don't see. Uh, the big body of what the day looked like, but I, but I, well, the few highlights I saw, it looked like they had like fairly decent personnel. They're capable, yeah. You know, but which is about exactly what we would have said about Tulane a year ago too. Yep. So yeah, we'll we'll see where OU. Uh, I know. I, I mean, it's hard not to get too uh, dialed in on the quarterback situation uh, because that room has completely changed totally. I mean, when's the last time OU? Had no returning guy in the quarterback room. I don't know. It's it's crazy. So yep. no, I, I'm I'm uh I'm a little surprised. That's two thirty game. Oh my lord! Uh, it's like the old days when Coach Switzer insisted on playing uh, those non conference games in the afternoon so that the opposition would just cook. Yeah. Uh, although I was on the sideline when West Virginia beat them. Uh, in 83, I think, or 82. 82
0: uh, with Hostetler? Is that right? Yeah, it
1: was Hostetler. And yep, a, Hostetler, yep. Mountaineer uh, mascot guy wearing all that leather or suede or what, buckskin, whatever that stuff is. There's <laughs> 100 and the turf temperature had to be 120. And yeah. uh, so, you know, but no, I, I'm super uh, intrigued to see. Yeah. You know, I don't and I'm not saying like, like jump around uh, energy. I'm after the yeah. play celebrations, I don't care about that. I'm talking about just like just right. No, I know. You know opposing your will and right. just silencing them, just stifling the, the the opposing offense. I want to see that, and and forget the dancing around. Just just do your job and get a stop and get off the field, and and be. I want to see by games in. I'll look at the stat sheet and I'll look first at third down defense. Um. And uh, opposing a uh, completion percentage, and because if the guy's nine for twenty-seven, uh, then you know you had a good day on pressure and coverage, and and so uh, no no doubt. But uh, obviously, when Dylan Gabriel's on the field, yeah, uh, massive intrigue. Yeah.
0: yeah, found out on a on a media zoom with Kirk Street yesterday that what what the ESPN uh, crew, game day crew, is curious is to see if. Rumbles is still losing his mind, <laughs> which is how Herb Street put it in the call as a head coach, uh, making the transition from coordinator when when he did occasionally lose, lose his Has there ever head. been a get back coach
1: or, or grab by the belt loops coach? I, I'm sorry, guy for the
0: head coach? Have you ever
1: seen that? I mean, not for the head.
0: I don't think for the head coach. You know who, if any head coach ever needed one, It's, it's not, it wasn't Bob Stoops as as fire as he was when he first became a head man, gosh, 23 years ago, Mike Stoops, Mike Stoops, Arizona needed a get back coach. I'm not sure they assigned him one, but, um, anyway, well, maybe, maybe Bo Pelini would have been a little Bo Pelini. Yeah. Yeah. Occasionally. Um, Hey, biggest opportunity of the three schools to, to me on opening weekend bill is Tulsa's, right? Because this is a road opener, um, last time they opened a season by winning on the road was 2009 when and i just i know this just because i looked it up before coming on with you gj kenny's debut mm-hmm. at uh at tulane it's the last time tu won a a season opener they played on the road they are a touchdown favorite i don't know if people realize this they're they're a six to seven point favorite at That's wyoming crazy about that too on saturday
1: at right, I remember first seeing a line on this game right after the PGA Championship. Don't ask me why I was looking at football. I was looking for early lines, right? Oklahoma, it's because uh, of Oklahoma. Yeah. And and I see uh, uh, that Tulsa was, it opened, it opened with Tulsa as a one-point pick. And then, More- and then it went to like two and a half. And then like at the first of the week, or maybe late last week, it was like up to four. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a, You know, 2012, they should have won at Iowa State. They had an early lead, and then Brian Burnham blows his knee out, and T U ends up losing that game to Iowa at Ames, right, in the opener. And of course, came back and beat them in the bowl that same season in the bowl rematch over Iowa State uh, over in Memphis. But um, no, you know, this would be just the polar opposite start if they can go to Iowa. If they can go to Wyoming and 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 win this game. Um, it's 180 degrees different. The whole vibe and the whole mm-hmm. outlook than it was on opening night last year when they laid a right. giant egg against UC Davis right at home, uh, and it just it just put them. You know, it was like losing three games in one night. With regard to the rest of the season, they mm-hmm. were always grinding to try to get back to you know bowl eligibility that became the whole storyline and instead of the possibility of a special season it was like grinding to get back to 500 and grinding to get to six and trying to get to a bowl which they did they won their last three uh impressively great recovery but don't put yourself in a position to have to recover just just go up there and and you got a veteran quarterback i think a good offensive line um I think their skilled people are, are good enough to go up there and beat and beat Wyoming, and you know we'll see. But it, it is a it's with regard to uh, it, not really knowing who's going to win and and some real mystery going into the game. Um, it's it's uh, super interesting. Can't wait to watch that one. You mentioned I mean, the. I, I mean, I felt the same way about Nebraska last week. You know, I'm going to win this game, and therefore it held me. It held my attention uh, for four quarters, and like everybody else, when they hit the onside kick, I'm like, I'm not sure. Question the wisdom of that, right? And then ultimately, yeah, holy cow!
0: So you know, yeah, you know, football season started when friends are texting you about next coach at at, at fill in the blank school, and i I've I've gotten about a dozen suggestions for the Huskers' replacement of Scott Frost all of one game into the season. so I bet Scott Frost's buyout was one of the most Googled word uh, <laughs>
1: combinations that afternoon. But apparently on October 1st, his buyout comes back down yes. more. So, yeah, because I was one of the ones, Pat Jones and I were going back and forth, and I said it wouldn't shock me if they fired him before Monday. Because Arkansas did that uh, 30 years know. ago. They lose to the Citadel on opening day, and they fired Jack Crow the next day. Uh, And I think at 15 and 30, you kind of know what you have now with Scott Frost. And I think it's inevitable. But then I found out more about the buyout and realized, you know, um, let him, let him coach against OU, let him get to
0: October and see what it looks like. Right. I still think that, yeah, I still think the OU Nebraska game. We've talked about this before on the show. I I don't, I don't care what happened in, in Dublin Saturday. I still think that's going to be a hold your breath game for the Sooners. I, I do. I think they Nebraska could they're not going to be they're going to be two and one because they play they play a couple of scrubs between now and 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 the Sooners but they could be zero and three and I think it'd be it'd be a toss up for OU. So
1: well, I mean, whatever Nebraska's best game is, whatever their A game is this season, you figure you're going to see it that day. Mm-hmm. And and here we are going into Norman Saturday, thinking we know we we'll, we know what to expect in a lot of regards, but you really don't. Yeah. Not yeah. with that much, not that, with that much turnover. What was the stat I heard? Forty guys uh, on the roster have never played football for the Sooners before. They have never played. OU almost football. half.
0: That's almost half. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Scholarship wise, it is half. Half your yeah. eighty-five. Uh, that's yeah. It's uh, except that that's a kind of a universal condition now. Yeah. Think, no, that's kind of right. Level, I would think. No, you've got. Uh, they were showing that they were flashing the graphic up during the Husker um, Northwestern game Saturday, and half half the starters for 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 uh, Frost were guys that were elsewhere last year. It seems okay. Uh, quick transition to high, the high school front. Um, gosh, man, <laughs> they're playing for second, right? Six a one now. They're oh for- <laughs> no, no, no! Union's real good. after what after what Bixby did. You're, well, you're still, I mean, no worried. doubt.
1: I mean, I mean Bixby
0: made a statement.
1: Bixby kind of hit the whole rest <laughs> of the class, didn't just hit Awasso in the mouth, they hit the whole rest of the class in the mouth. I thought uh-huh. that uh but they're just uh you know, Bixby's had this perfect combination of like Presley playmaking and unbelievable toughness. And I've I've since I really started to watch those guys intently, I've marveled at how well they tackle. And, and, and they tackle. it's clean, but it's violent and they, but they don't miss tackles. And I thought, okay, well, all of that, go, go, can they take all of that going into 6A1 without a Presley scoring touchdowns? Uh, and, you know, I mean, Braylon last year, literally if, if Lauren Montgomery had called him over and said, listen, I really need you to score on this play. Forget the down and distance or the field position. Just, I really need you to score here. I believe Braylon could have scored. I mean, we saw it time and again. So, but, yeah, it, it was a uh, – so I left the TU that night thinking, oh, wow, here's Bixby, and they're not taking any steps back at all. And and if anything, probably they are the team to beat. And then I went to see a Union the next night, and they had so much weaponry. And and now they have a 68% thrower with Shaker Rysick. And Kirk Frederick has his typical massive offensive line and and, uh, so many athletes. And and so, you know, they do not play each other in the regular season. That's the only one of the big dogs that Bixby does not play during the regular season. So uh, if we're going to see a Union Bixby showdown at some point, it would be probably in the championship game. So, but I mean, good grief. Uh, You know, it's been... Uh, I mean, B.A. ran the table in 2018, but, I mean, real pretty typically, very consistently, somebody gets beat in September and recovers and, and goes on to win it all. So, uh, I'm, I'm not – I mean, Owasso, uh, and you hate to to go ahead and dismiss any chance that they might have, but uh, you lose Cole Adams and that is a dagger. Man, oh, man. Just awful. Yeah. Uh, for him to you know and and I remember that play and he took a a, sh- a helmet shot right clean play right on top of the shoulder pad and I said like in the press box that's why you wear shoulder pads and then he finishes the half and he didn't come back out and we he was hopping around on one leg garen right before the end of the half and I thought oh no he rolled an ankle as it turned out, he was dehydrated and he, and he cramped up on that play and he was hopping around because his, his leg was knotted up. Right. But as he was getting an IV inside at halftime, he said, you know, my, well, I'm paraphrasing the whole thing, but the, the way it was described to me, he says, you know, I, I took a shot on my shoulder here and they examine it and he's done. Uh, so, you know, they do the MRI and then they determine the next day, uh, Monday surgery, out for the uh, regular season and more than likely the entire season. And it's just like, you know, and he was amazing. Uh, Mm -hmm. In the one half he played, seven catches, 132 yards. Even on the play, he got his shoulder knocked down, Garen. He he spun out of that collision and got a bunch of extra yards. I mean, so special player, Alabama commit. um, And you just – it's – as much as we all get fired up for football, it is the one uh, aspect yeah. of football. It's so sickening is the injury part
0: of it. I hate it. Well, you've got to know him. You get to know kids uh, when you're covering the high school ranks uh, a little easier, right, than, than uh, those of us who are oh, yeah. on the wrong side of the wall when it comes to college athletes anymore. Right. And, and, I, and I know you've gotten to know Cole and his family pretty well. So that, oh, yeah. No, yeah. It's, uh, it was uh,
1: – yeah, I mean, his dad calls me Friday and just, like, says, here's the story, here's what happened. And it's just like, wow. Uh, you know, that's, like, tragic. I felt sick for Bill yeah. Blankenship and for the Adams parents and Cole, yeah. obviously. And and right. uh, and then you think, wow, he's supposed to be – Cole is supposed to be on the practice field with the Crimson Tide in only seven months. Yeah. That's will right. he be okay for that? Will he be available for that? I don't know. Um, will it be an injury that – Bothers him for a while or forever. I don't know. Um, I just hope for the best for him. He's he is a, a special player, he, I, at, at worst, one of the top five football athletes in the state. And down he goes in the opening half. So, um, opening half of opening night. Yeah. So just, just awful. Uh, but oh my goodness. Uh, 6A1, I, I think it's, uh, I I do got to say, I have to say, after spending the day yesterday with Broken Arrow and I was there all afternoon, uh, I do have a different, uh, I would say, I mean, anybody that underestimates jinx is a fool, right? I mean, you just don't do that. I mean, Keith Riggs, think about this too, Garen. I mean, how often do you see a, a coach follow a legend like he did with Alan Trimble? And, and and succeed at that level. Two championships, and and each of his four seasons, they went to the finals. So uh, Keith Riggs was uh, absolutely the right choice for that program, and, and, you know, Jinx had to hold on for dear life last week to win that game, and then Jaden Carroll, there's a situation involving him. Uh, that could result in, I guess, a two-game suspension. You know, I mean, I saw the clip that led up to whatever Mm -hmm. transpired with the exchange apparently involving Jaden and maybe an official, which was not physical, by the way, the the exchange with the official, I guess. I mean, the way it was explaining to me, I guess he said something maybe to an official, uh, but I I shouldn't even go beyond that until I know right about it. but we do know apparently it's a two game suspension uh which seems harsh and until I know more about it I'm going to go ahead and say that's a, that's a harsh penalty in a 10 game regular season for a senior no less uh, and for that and the fact of the matter is too at the end of the play a Santa Fe player uh kind of rammed his head in the turf he did and there was no flag for that. Right. So Jaden was reacting to a, a dirty play. Uh, and so I'm hopeful that maybe – here I am saying, I don't know enough about it to talk about it. And I keep talking about it. But I'm hopeful maybe the OSSA takes a step back on that and maybe knocks it out of a game or
0: even no games. I don't know. Uh, but, but if I'm jinx, I'm appealing the heck out of that. Did, uh, did Jaden make that did, – was that made known on social media? Did Jaden put out a statement? Did, yeah. I, did I see that correctly was it, how about that was the thing that I without knowing the details the first thing I thought was how, how fascinating a place we've arrived where uh, you know a, a teenager high school player even wanted a program as, as as renowned as Jinx high school player can can upload a clip of a play and sort of make his case mm-hmm. himself uh, you know we have a new court of public opinion right used to be yeah. in the stands hey, the listen, I mean now it it's was... on social media.
1: It was so well written it was so well written that I thought, man if you told me that, like like a media relations type person wrote this for him, I would say I believe that but I mean it, it was his words, it was his tweet and uh, you know it just you know I, I saw uh, a book critique at Choctaw game last year and it was uh, it was a mess. It was a poorly officiated mess. Uh, disaster. I
0: remember. I remember you. Yeah, coming away really disheartened about that.
1: Yeah. Well, it was forty-seven penalties. I mean, come on. Yeah. Man. Right. Right. Uh, and I wasn't disheartened just because it was forty-seven penalties. It turned into a three and a half hour game on deadline. It was just a. a it was an, a, a, a tr- awful game to watch. Yeah. A- and so, you know, I've had a couple of coaches this week say, you know, uh, there's some nonsense that goes on and is allowed to go on. When some of the Tulsa area schools go to the Oklahoma city area, uh, because there's such resentment on that side of the state for these schools over here, uh, the, for the success and the facilities and all of it. And, uh, I don't know that, that kind of stuff's hard to, uh, mm-hmm. uh, verify or quantify or whatever, but, right. uh, but yeah, there, I mean, I saw some of it last year and I mean, what happened to Gentry Williams, um, uh, at, at uh, Choctaw. And so anyway, I, it just – if the bottom line on the Jaden Carroll suspension is he's a senior stud running back and a really good player and a difference maker, and Jinx really needs him. And if this uh, penalty stands, Garen, he won't get to play in the union game next week. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, you know, I, he didn't take somebody's helmet off and swing a helmet. He He wasn't anything remotely close to that. What might have been said, I don't know, uh, but I hope I hope the OSSAA
0: softens that or eliminates that penalty altogether. Trojans have a pretty big game tomorrow night too, don't they? Who does? Uh, or Tro- the Trojans Friday out tomorrow night, Friday night? Yeah, o- a Yeah,
1: right. Yeah, no, yeah. no. You kidding? I mean, the the first month of the six eight one. Well, for that matter, really, the the first month of the whole. Uh, Tulsa area schedule is nuts. I mean, Kawita Wagner Friday night and and Jinx Owasso and Broken Arrow Union and uh, Kasha Hall Rejoice. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean your, your guy Chance Wilson, uh, who won the basically the Tulsa World's version of the Heisman over the summer, uh, is the male athlete of the year at the All World. I mean, uh, Chance Wilson. I, let me tell you something. Rejoice Christian is this close to becoming uh, uh like a mega power in the in class A and uh or class 2A and last week they go on the road uh to Cashin a defending two-time state champion and Ch- Chance Wilson throws for five touchdowns runs for a touchdown um 15-22 passing football. Uh, he, he is just – so anyway, there, there are good teams all over this right. city, all over this county and area. And uh, so, yeah, it's – every week here, uh, maybe the midseason, there's a little patch there where there's quite a few district mismatches. And, you know, but, but for the most part, every week around here, you're going to find uh, yeah. at least one and usually multiple – Big time games, and and this weekend is no different.
0: Yep, my my Hornets have got to get up off the mat right against Dell City after losing. Uh, they went they went to Arkansas, didn't they? And lost last week, I think. Booker T. Yeah, I think, they, I think that's right. They were shut out. They
1: were shut out until about four minutes left. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's,
0: I'll trust you. I'll trust Jonathan Brown to, to get it to get it together, figure it out. That's that's it, not an easy. That's not a, it. Wasn't an easy opener. I'll I'll feel better if they score two touchdowns against Dell City. Let me They're,
1: give you. Let me give you a little. Uh, uh, a little, it, it, it helps to explain uh, what's going on with Booker T right now. Uh, Booker T has about 40 kids out for football. Uh, and at Broken Arrow, on the varsity roster, 162 kids. 162 yeah. kids. And they're only separated by one division, uh, those two programs. So uh, most 6A2 programs would have 60 to 80 kids, Bixby, the last few years has had 100-plus. And, and Booker T is trying to go uh, with pretty consistently 40 kids. And you get six, eight kids dinged up a little bit. Right. Your depth is gone. You're having to run uh, valuable starters on special teams. you got got uh, all sorts of issues. So yep. um, Booker T's got some problems with regard to participation, no doubt. Yep.
0: Looks like it. All right, Bill, um, have fun on Friday. I will do the same uh, Thursday night in Stillwater and Saturday in Norman. We'll be back here again next week with another edition of Extra Points, courtesy of the Tulsa World. Again, download for free, courtesy of Google, Apple, and Spotify. In the meantime, keep reading us, keep watching us, keep listening to us. We'll talk to you next week.